You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 4. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. You have seen the title for the message tonight on YouTube, Onward Christian Soldiers. Of course, based off of the song that I love to sing here, and I think as soon as we do come back, that is going to be one of the first songs that we sing, along with our theme song for the year, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I hope this song gets stuck in your head throughout the rest of the week. Onward, Christian soldiers, let's go ahead and pray, and we will begin here. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to meet over live stream. We definitely look forward to the day that we can come back together again and sit in this place that you have provided for us. But we thank you until then uh, that the church is still able uh, to meet. And even though we are not able to assemble as we usually do and as we would prefer, thank you for the opportunity and ability that we have to reach out in this way. Thank you for the faithfulness of your church. Bless them for it. Bring us back together in your time and help us to be faithful and to trust in you until then. Speak to us through this passage of Acts and help us to see the truth that applies to us tonight. We ask this in your name. Amen. You can go ahead and write maybe right before Acts chapter 13 if you would like. I hope you're taking notes in your Bible or maybe in a special notebook that you have when we began this series. You can write here in the margin of your Bible. I went ahead and wrote something along these lines. From here on in the book of Acts, Paul is going to take center stage. At the very beginning of Acts, the first few chapters, it's really dealing with uh, the, the Jews. And then it transitions and it starts talking about how the gospel starts reaching out to Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans, Judea. Uh, But now from here on in the book, it's really going to deal with the gospel and the Gentiles. When the Jews are mentioned, you can see that they are not not, um, following God's plan for the gospel. The, The Pharisees, the Sadducees are fighting against sharing the gospel with the Gentiles. Of course, we, don't, we know that that is not applying to the church, and that is what we are going to see here and what we have seen recently in our studies, especially in Acts chapter 11 and 12. But as I read these stories of Paul's life and this one right here, I love seeing how Paul took the lessons that he learned in Acts and shared them with others in his epistles. At one point in his letter to the Philippians, the Holy Spirit told Paul to write these words. In Philippians 3.13, he wrote, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now, this was Paul's way of saying, I don't consider that I have arrived. 
even after all that the Lord has allowed me to do, after all that the Lord has allowed me to see, all the Lord that has allowed me to endure, I haven't made it yet. And I know that that is the case, is what Paul's saying. He continues here. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This one thing I do, I press toward the mark. And what he says in that end of verse 13, if I'm going to press toward the mark, there's a couple things I have to do. I have to forget the things which are behind and I have to reach toward the things which are before. Now, when we talk about forgetting our past, usually we're talking about forgetting our past failures. Now, we must never forget the lessons that we have learned from our past failures, but we must leave those failures behind if we are ever going to move forward. There are too many examples given in Scripture to justify a Christian giving up on their race because of past failures. Look at Abraham and Hagar. Look at Moses and the Egyptian. Look at Rahab the harlot. Look at David and Bathsheba. Look at Peter and his denial. And certainly look at Paul before he was saved. But what I also see in Philippians chapter 3, 13, and 14 is a call to move onward from past victories, just as we would from past failures. If we are not to let past failures keep us from pressing toward the mark, why should we allow past victories to do so? Now, please do not get me wrong. We need to thank the Lord for what he has done. I am not telling us to forget the victories that we have seen take place here as a church, even, even recently. I do not wish to take the wind out of our sails. I wish to remind us, first of all, the wind that comes in our sails, if we're going to put it that way, comes from God and God alone. And number two, when God brings wind in our sails, it's because he wants us to go somewhere. It's because he wants us to keep on moving forward. In the four verses we just read in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit tells the church in Antioch, let's move forward. Let's keep pressing onward. There's more work to be done. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And I'd just like to highlight three aspects about the Holy Spirit's direction to this church at Antioch. And I especially want to highlight the timing of it all. More and more lately, I'm becoming fascinated with the word now in the Bible. Uh, the little word now holds so much power, and you've heard me kind of bring that out in many of my messages recently. The word now can connect one passage to the other. We saw this with our study in Genesis to Exodus. The first word of the book of Exodus is now because it's connecting its contents to the contents of Genesis. The word now can introduce uh, a transition. We saw this... Um, on, on Easter, uh, on our Easter service, when I preached on but now, and when Paul tells those, um, tells those Athenians, but now God hath commanded all men everywhere to repent. Something is changing, that word brings out. But it also draws our attention to a specific moment in time. 
We saw this a couple weeks ago with Luke chapter 3, when, it, when we talked about bearing witness of the light. Now is when Herod um, was tetrarch of Galilee. Now is when Pontius Pilate was, was there. Now is when John the Baptist is on the scene. It's bringing out a specific moment in time. And we see here the word now in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. And the Bible is saying, this is when the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Now we, all, we already made mention of it earlier, but notice with me first of all that the Holy Spirit brought this message to the church at Antioch after a time of great victory. The door of the gospel had just been flung open wide to the Gentiles. Now, there was certainly Gentile fruit in Caesarea with Cornelius and his household, but nobody could miss the special work of grace that, would, that was being seen in Antioch. Acts chapter 11, verse 21 says, A great number of Gentiles in Antioch believed and turned unto the Lord. The church at Jerusalem heard of what was happening, so they sent Barnabas. Barnabas is so glad about what he sees in Antioch with the Jews and the Gentiles all believing and coming together. He leaves and he goes to Tarsus and he grabs Saul. This is just kind of a review for us. He grabs Saul and he brings him. And why does he grab Saul? Because he remembers what, um, what the Lord had brought out about Saul first to Ananias, but then to the church at Jerusalem, that Saul was called to preach to the Gentiles. So Barnabas goes, grabs Saul from Tarsus, and for a whole year in Antioch, they see victory after victory after victory through God's grace there in that church. The Bible says Antioch was the first place that people came to understand. There was no more Jew or Gentile. They were all one. They had a new name. Now it first started with it, it seems like kind of a mocking thing uh, from the heathens. Uh, but they know even the heathens saw they were all together. They were called Christians first at Antioch. The unity that they shared in Christ at that church was in many ways unprecedented. The victories they saw there were nothing short of miraculous. And it's then, it's then, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, onward. Let's move forward. There's more work to be done. Just as Paul had to learn to forget his past failures and, and move on for Christ, I also see here after times of great victory, God teaches as well. Let's move forward. I love what a preacher wrote about this. He says, we remember our past failures for the lessons that they have taught us, but we forget them to the extent that they might paralyze our hopes or make us believe that future success is impossible. Likewise, we remember our past victories for thankfulness, for hope, for joy, and for instruction, but we move on from them when they tend to make us believe that there is nothing left to do. Church, you know the reason I'm preaching this. We just witnessed a great victory here on Sunday. To have 245 people on the property, 41 separate visitor cards, eight precious souls who trusted 
in Jesus on that day. I was able to reach out to, to all of them this past week, and some have already reached back and, and, and uh, shown interest in, in coming back. It's just been incredible. We would have to be complete fools to miss how God's hand was involved on that day. Here's all I'm saying tonight. I cannot describe to you how excited I am for what we saw here on Sunday, what we have seen over the past few months, what we have seen over the history of this entire church. I cannot tell you how excited I am, but I'm more excited about what God has in store. I'm more excited about, I, I'm hoping and I am praying that the best is yet to come, not only with Heritage Baptist Church, but with the gospel as it stands today. Think about this, after everything that has happened, God has given us an opportunity to let the gospel be spread in ways that never, it has never happened before. There is probably more preaching happening over the internet, over social media, over the radio waves, the airwaves than has ever happened before. The gospel is reaching places that it could not reach before. I understand that we have missionaries and we need to pray for our missionaries. We have missionaries in South Korea. We have missionaries on other continents. But how, in any other way, could a, could a church like ours or any other church that's live streaming be reaching people in the Philippines or be reaching people in South Korea, be reaching people in Africa? Look at what God has done, but also look forward to what God is still to do. What a blessing it is to pray and say, Lord, look at all that you've done. But it is an even greater blessing, I believe, to be able to look at him and say, Father, what's next? How do we move forward? Where do we go on from here? I thank God for all that he has done for us. But I hope even more that he is not done with us. Today, is another day to serve him. If God so chooses, tomorrow could bring greater blessings, greater victories, greater opportunities than we have today. And remember what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. We certainly thank God for the blessings and victories of the past. I mean, that's built into the name of our church, Heritage Baptist Church, because we remember the history that we have here. We remember Baptist history. We remember church history. We remember what God has given us in the history of his word. My heart is overwhelmed when I think of what God has done in the past. Let's take those victories. Let's take those blessings with us and keep on going forward. Keep pressing on the upward way. Thank the Lord for all he's done, but let our prayer forever be, Lord, plant our feet on higher ground. When Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, he wasn't negating the past. He was simply saying, let's keep our eyes forward. Again, I pray that the best is yet to come. I pray that the Lord would be so merciful and so gracious that we would be able to keep on moving forward. I don't know how, uh, what our next goal would be. I, I, I don't know uh, I've heard some people say even recently, I just don't know how we're going to be able to see a greater victory than that. Neither do I right now, but I'm excited to think about it. And I'm excited to pray about it. And it was after times in this church's tenure right here, after times of great victory, that the Holy Spirit reminded his church, hey, there's still work to be done. 
How about number two? It was during a time when it would have been easy just to maintain. Look at verse one. Think of who is here. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and uh, Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. What a lineup of men. Uh, and this was just to name a few. There were other prophets and teachers that are here at this church at Antioch that is only a year old at this time. I mean, talk about a really good Meet Our Staff website page. Think of Barnabas. A Barnabas is a preacher known for his generosity and his spiritual maturity. Barnabas is the one who sold his land to distribute to the church in Acts chapter 4, verse 37. He was the one who took Saul under his wing at Jerusalem and vouched for his membership. His name wasn't even Barnabas. It was Joseph, the Bible tells us. Barnabas was a nickname given to him by the apostles because of how gracious he was. Barnabas, look in Acts chapter 4. Barnabas means the son of consolation. He was such a comfort to people. He was such a help to people. He was so kind to people. We're not even going to call you by your real name. We're going to call you the son of consolation. We don't know much about Simeon and Lucius, but they must have been men of wisdom. They must have been men of influence and, and the power of the Holy Ghost to be mentioned along with these others. Look at Menaean. No other, no other mention of him in scripture, but look at what the Bible tells us about him. To say that he had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, was to say that they knew each other very well. Now, Herod the Tetrarch, this would be, excuse me, Herod the Tetrarch of Galilee, Mentioned in Luke chapter 3, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Herod Antipas in his name. This is the Herod that beheaded John the Baptist. This is the Herod that Jesus stood before and, and answered not a word. At the very least, what the Bible is telling us is that Antipas and Menaean shared the same schooling and housing as each other. So this would tell us that Menaean received a stellar education. He was a very well-educated man. But historians give, a, give account that Menaean could have been Herod's foster brother. That it was more than just growing up in the same area. I and mean, they were pretty much in the same family. That would tell of a tremendous salvation testimony. While Herod went one way, Menaean went the opposite way. He gave up riches and temptations of the king's court and served the Lord instead. Oh, and to round off the list, there's Saul, the man who is soon to become the greatest missionary the world has ever known, the man who would write 13 books of the Bible, the man who would play the starring role in revealing God's plan for church polity and behavior and see his ministry reach to every corner of the globe and survive for millennia. What we have here in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, can we put it this way? This is a dream team. Gentlemen, you remember the dream team uh, back, the, the uh, United States basketball Olympic team. And God had used these men in a mighty way. This was a time when it would have been easy for them to kind of kick back and say, look at all that God has done. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they were thankful 
for all that God had done. But it would have been easy for them to say that. It would have been easy for them to say, look at the victories God has given. Look at the people God has brought here. But as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Bible says, one by one, I think it happened. One by one, the Holy Ghost comes up and speaks to them and says, onward. There's more work to be done. It's time for Saul and Barnabas to do what I want them to do. And they didn't argue with God. They didn't say, but God, things are going so well. Look at what we've been able to accomplish through their help. No, they understood. They understood, hey, it's not all about what has been done. It is about what still needs to be done. And truly, that is the main reason that the Holy Spirit spoke when he did. Even though they had seen great victories, even though they could do much good in Antioch, God reminded them of what Jesus had told them before. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. Hey, there's not just one field. There's many fields and they are all ripe for the picking. That's the original Greek. They are all white, all ready to harvest. The problem is not with the harvest. The problem is with the laborers. Laborers who fail to keep pressing on while it is day. The gospel, the Holy Spirit comes and reminds them, the gospel is not just to Jerusalem. It's not just to Judea. It's not just to Samaria. It's not just to Antioch. It's to the uttermost parts of the world. You know, I wrote this in the margin of my Bible. While it would have been easy for them to become the world's next megachurch, they became the world's first sending church. You and I may not be here today if it weren't for Acts chapter 13, verse 3. When they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Here is all I wish to remind us about tonight. God has always been and always will be the Alpha and the Omega. He is not only the God of the past, but he is the God of the future. The angels around his throne say without end, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I thought of Joshua writing his book thousands of years before this. And this same Holy Spirit, who's leading this church now at Antioch, was leading Joshua to write down all of the victories that God had given him and the, uh, and the army of Israel over the foreign kings. It's in Joshua chapter 12. The Bible says the king of Jericho won. The king of Ai won. The king of Jerusalem won. The king of Hebron won. 31 kings total listed in Joshua chapter 12. And right when it would have been easy for Joshua to maybe look back and say, you know, that's pretty good. Let's just go ahead and and think about that for a while. Let's just kick back and enjoy what's happening. And hey, I'm sure he did. That is natural. I want us to enjoy this time. I'm not just telling us, move on. I I know, I I, I trust that you are understanding what I'm saying. We're going to see hopefully a video on Sunday because I don't want to forget what has happened and what we have seen the Lord do. But I, you cannot ignore the fact that after God tells him, sure, write down all that has been accomplished. Write down your 31 victories. The very next verse in Joshua chapter 13, verse 1, God tells him, there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. So let's be excited about the victories that God has wrought in our midst. 
Let's cherish the people that God has allowed us to serve with here at Heritage Baptist Church, but let's also never forget that there's still work to be done. Thank God for all that has been, but thank Him more for all that is yet to come. I also thought of our teenagers, especially, as I studied this passage. I'm not telling anybody to pull a, to pull a Barnabas and Saul, by the way, and, and leave. Everybody needs to stay. <laughs> but I did think about our teenagers as I studied this passage. And through God's grace, we've seen victories in their lives. Uh, just to name a few who have grown so much. I think of Lewis. I think of Stephanie. I think of Mia and Anthony. Uh, those who started on the bus, and we've just seen a complete change with them. And I love all of our teenagers, and uh, if I tried to name all of them, I would miss one, and I don't want to offend anybody. But I, they know I love them so very much. And I started thinking about them, because whenever they ask me, Pastor, what's a good Bible college to go to? I want to look back at them and say, none of them. They're all terrible. You just need to stay here. <laughs> I don't want to see them go. I wish we could keep them all, but there are people scattered all over this world that still need to hear the gospel, and as much as it hurts to say goodbye, the work must go on. There's still work to be done, and if it's God's will to separate them for that work, then that's what needs to be done. I love what happened here. 245 people here. We, I don't think we could have thought that that would have happened a month ago. I'm so excited for that, and what a blessing it is. But we have to look, look, lift up our eyes and think, 300,000 people. 300,000 people in our city, and so many of them still need to be reached. You know, when a doctor gets distracted, he may lose a patient. When a lawyer grows complacent, he may lose a case. But when a church does the same, we lose souls, eternal souls. So we march onward. We keep on moving forward because the night comes when no man can work. No, don't forget what God has done for us. Don't forget how he has answered our prayers. Don't forget the souls that have been saved. Don't forget the joys that we have shared. But also, don't forget that God's will for our church today is still the same as it was before. Keep going forward with the gospel. I think we should look back and say, Lord, look at all you've done. But then in that same breath, I think we need to say, Lord, what's next? What wilt thou have me to do? I'm reporting for duty. Who's the next soul? Who's the next baptism? Who's the next disciple? Who's the next member? What's the next goal? Where's the next missionary? Where's the next bus route? Where's the next church plant? What's the next new ministry? And he'll reveal that to us in his own time. Our job in the meantime is just to keep on going forward with the gospel. Remember, Jesus is coming again and we are told to watch for that day. We are told to look forward to that day and the best way to watch is to work. Onward! Christian soldiers with the cross of Jesus going on before. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, 
please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.